We've been looking at a, a series called Hope is on the Way. And we'll continue that through, through the Advent season and into Christmas. But today we're going to be talking about hope comes in a personal way. The truth is it's personal. Let's turn to, turn to somebody and say, it's personal. Yeah, let's make it personal today. And how we do that is we, we see how it all happened. And the best way we can do that is to look at the Gospel of Luke, which tells the story of the Nativity, but it may surprise you how it starts out. Now, if you were to turn to Luke, and you can find this on page 1024 of the, of the Bible, and incidentally, if you do not have a Bible and, and would like one at home to read, you're welcome to take this one. If you look at the opening or inside flap, you'll see that it's a gift from us to you. But I just want to remind you that, that uh, Luke was written by Dr. Luke, uh, a, a medical uh, physician who was very strategic, very analytical, and he proves this in terms of how he writes. And he writes not only the Gospel of Luke, but also the book of Acts is sort of the second volume of, of his writings. And each one of them is written, uh, obviously, to, to many people, but maybe originally to a man by the name of Theophilus. Now, how in the world are you ever going to remember the name Theophilus? I'll tell you something, you'll never forget it. Think of the most ugliest dog you've ever seen. Okay? Got it in mind? And then say, that's Theophilus-looking dog I've ever seen. There, you got it. You know, you'll never forget it. Theophilus. So what I want to do is I want to, I want to read this opening so you can see what I mean about how analytical and how important Luke saw his writing. He starts out in Luke 1, verse 1. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. Now, I want to stop right there and, and realize that he's talking about a fulfillment, a prophecy, a fulfillment of what has happened in the life of Jesus Christ. Just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of, of the word. Now Luke came along in the book of Acts, so he wasn't there, but he was interviewing those who were there. He was getting as much information as he could. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the, the certainty of the things you have been taught. So he's ready to, to, to start his gospel. But notice that he starts it in an interesting way. He doesn't start with the birth of Jesus. This is how he starts, and this is where we begin. It's in, in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 5. In the time of Herod the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But... They were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. 
May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let's pray. Lord God, speak to us through your holy word, and may this witness for your word be faithful. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Luke begins where it doesn't seem, you know, you wonder where he's going. He starts talking about a priest and his wife and how they were, um, were righteous, doing everything they could right now. What, what is, what's going on here? I want to remind you that this is at, at the beginning of the New Testament, and there had been a silence of God, it seemed, for like 400 years, the time in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And that, uh, that 400 years of, of silence starts with Malachi and, and a basically a prophecy that, that he, he makes. And if you were turn, to turn back to page 960, you would see the last words of the Old Testament. How does, how does the Old Testament end? Well, this is how it ends. In chapter 4 of Malachi, starting with verse 5, has, it has uh, the Lord God Almighty saying these words. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the, of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. That's how it ends. So let me ask you, which one would you like? I don't know if we want the latter one, do we? Strike the land to total destruction? But there's Elijah, this Old Testament prophet, mighty man of God, is, in essence, taken up in a whirlwind at the end of his life in the Old Testament. But now there is this prophecy that he will come back and will announce the Messiah, the one who will come into the world, God in human form, Emmanuel, God with us. Now, there needs to be a forerunner. And that forerunner is supposed to be Elijah. So Luke begins his telling of the gospel by talking about this older couple. One was a priest, the house of Abijah. The other one was a perfect match in pedigree from the lineage of Aaron. And they, as the, you know, as the text, as Luke is clearly pointing out, they both were righteous in the sight of God, both observed all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly, but they didn't have any kids. And I love the way Karen told that story to the kids because she said, you know, from very young age, they started praying. And they prayed throughout their, their, their married life that they would have children, and they never had children. Now, at that time, if you didn't have children, then God, you know, the, the perception was God was punishing you for something that you did. But notice that Luke was very clear. Both were righteous in the sight of God. Both observed all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. Now, it's the problem of unanswered prayer. We've all had prayers that seem to go unanswered. Well, Zechariah and Elizabeth would be 
the poster children for this. The unanswered prayer. But notice what happens. A almost once in a lifetime, could very well be it never happens, is that a priest gets selected to go into this holy place where the altar of incense is to pray for the people of God. And because it was by cast by lot, a priest, you know, you're talking about around a thousand on duty for the week uh, and maybe two weeks out of the year that your, your division would be, uh, would be on duty in the, in the temple, uh, there's a good chance you'd never be called to do this. So it was, a, it was a big, a big, a huge thing that Zechariah is able to do. And he goes in, nobody else is there. No one is, is, dares enter that except the one that was selected. And he is offering incense to God and prayers for the people. Now, an interesting side note to this is that we learn from the Old Testament a little bit about the altar of incense. The altar of incense is gilded with gold. And the incense that is used is a very special recipe that can only be used for this special offering to God. And in that special recipe, guess what else is in there? Frankincense and myrrh. So right at the very beginning of Luke's story, there is a coming together of Zechariah and the angel Gabriel at the altar of incense where there is gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, later we will understand in the, in the uh, uh, wise men's visit that that's the gifts that, he gave, that they gave to the, to the Christ child was gold, frankincense, and mirth. But that's not the first time that they're together, as you can see. Now, what happens is Zechariah is at the, at, the, um, at the altar. He's doing this. He's praying for the people. But in his mind, there had to be, you know, I, I think I would be the same way. There, there would have to be the thoughts that wouldn't, wouldn't this be something wonderful to share with children, this wonderful thing that I'm able to do if I had kids. And then all of a sudden he notices somebody is, somebody's there. And it's the messenger of God. It's the angel Gabriel. And Gabriel has this to say to Zechariah. You know, he's terrified. He's gripped with fear. But, but uh, Gabriel says, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. What prayer? The lifelong prayer. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. John is not a family name, but the angel said, Call him John. Now listen to what, what it has to say. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to, to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back, now listen, see if this reminds you of Malachi. He will bring back, many of the people of Israel to their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient 
to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. There it is. This forerunner of the Messiah, the forerunner of Emmanuel, God with us, is coming into the world as the baby John. Now, it's pretty easy to hear that and say, okay, understand it, and go on from there. But we need to stay in this place and recognize the importance of John, the one who later on is called to the River Jordan to, to prepare a people to make way the path for the Messiah. He's the one that, that made it possible for, for Jesus to come in at that time to a people prepared. John, we need to understand, was the goat. Now, I don't mean scapegoat. I mean like the Urban Dictionary understanding of goat. What does goat mean? Greatest of all time. Now, being, <clears throat> being a graduate from Duke University, <laughs> I need to point out here that of the college coaches, of all coaches, uh, I see... Coach Krzyzewski as the GOAT of basketball coach, greatest of all time. But here, we need to see John as the greatest of all time. Filled with the Holy Spirit, he comes and he makes a difference in this world. But he also says, I'm not able to untie or to tie the, the, the sandals of the one who is coming. You know, I, I baptize you with water, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself says this about John in Matthew eleven eleven. He says, truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. You see, there's an understanding here because of John that a relationship with God is possible. He tells us that there is one coming who is going to be the Messiah, God in human form. Now, the anointed one of God becomes very personal because John makes the way possible. He's saying, prepare yourselves. Prepare the way. He becomes that voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare for what is coming. He's coming into the world. That's big. Because that makes it all personal. Now you remember that our definition of hope, the biblical definition of hope, is not just a, a, a hoping it for good things in the future by saying, well, I don't know whether this is going to happen or not, but I sure hope it does. John comes with a hope of the assurance of a good thing that's going to happen. Something good will happen. The one who is to be the Christ, the anointed one of God, is coming into the world. It's going to happen.
So make it personal. Recognize that because John had prepared the way, Jesus came to become Emmanuel, God with us. That we will never have to be in the darkness. I don't know how many of you read the upper room. I'd, I'd encourage you to pick one up and, and, and do that. Yesterday, there was one that went along with this passage of Scripture from Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. It was written by Noah Sapper from North Carolina, a young Noah Sapper. And this is what he says. I want you to hear these words. Though I am only 16 years old, 16, I haven't missed the reality that today's world is full of terror and violence. No matter what goes on in my life, it seems as if these, those factors are some of the only constants. I cannot recall a time I woke, uh, last time I woke up and didn't see a headline about a shooting or another act of terror. Folks, this is a 16-year-old boy. Do you realize that even elementary school uh, children are now taught on what to do if somebody brings a gun into the school? At times I find it easy to be consumed by the darkness and hard to see the light of God and hold on to hope for the future. 16 years old. I hesitate before, our, our, as, a, as a junior in high school, I, I'm beginning to be asked what I want to do in the future, but I hesitate before answering because, honestly, I don't know what I want to do. Today's scripture reading reminds me that the Lord has a plan for everyone. God created each of us to fulfill a purpose. I often find myself wondering, what is, what is my purpose? How does God want me to change the world? And even though I don't yet know the path that God wants me to take, I find a certain joy in knowing that God has a plan for me. Folks, it's important for us to realize that God has a plan for each and every one of us. And it's also important that real, authentic Christianity is not a religion, folks, but a relationship with God with us, Emmanuel. It's a relationship. That's why we need to make it personal. God is with us whether we feel like it or not. And it all comes down to this event of the birth of Christ into the world. Foretold and made ready by John the Baptist. There was an older couple, married 45, 50 years, lived in the same house, and in that house, they had the same couch that they got when they first uh, were young in marriage. And 
And they had used all these years, it, it was uh, set in front of the TV set where they would every night go watch TV. He would always sit on the, on the left-hand side and, and she would sit on the right and, and uh, they, they just uh, would, would be there. One night, they're watching TV and on the scene comes this couple and they're cuddling on the couch. And she goes, would you look at that? And he looks at the TV and, yeah. And then she looks over at him because she's way over here, he's way over there, and says, now look at us. So he's going, okay. And, and you know, it's, it's, at that, it's at that moment where the husband gets this deer-in-the-headlight look because he doesn't have a clue what has upset her. And he's really nervous about what should be done about the situation. Do you see it? She said, see what, dear? Look at them. So he looks at the TV. I, I see them. Look at us. He's looking over at her. And, 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 and she says, we used to be like that. We used to snuggle. And he starts thinking back and realizes that he's been in the same place on the couch for 45 years. He says, honey, I haven't moved. <laughs> no matter what is happening in your life, no matter how dark times seem to be at times, I want you to know that God has not moved. Whether you feel it or not, God is with you. He is Emmanuel. He was the one that John said is coming into the world. And because he came into the world, you are never left alone. His promise is he will be with you always. And that is what this Christmas event is all about, is that the one who is proclaimed Emmanuel is in this world and in your life. Amen? Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for all the ways that you have, have impacted our lives. And how even though we may feel distant from you, you have not moved away from us. Open our eyes, Lord. Help us to see how much you care and how this was planned from way back in the Old Testament to your coming into the world. Help us to see the connections of, of John the Baptist and the gold and frankincense and myrrh and the, and the messenger of God and this baby boy born into the world to be Emmanuel, God, with us. Thank you, Jesus, for caring that much for us, that you will never leave us. In Jesus' name we pray.